Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brave New Teaching, a podcast by two English teachers challenging the status quo. And we love teaching so much that we just want to talk about it more with you in your car because you love teaching so much you want to listen to us talk about teaching more and then go talk to people about what we talk to you about in your car. We assume that you're in your car because you're on your way to or on your way from, well, teaching. That's pretty much where we get to listen to podcasts. So if you're on your way to your day, I hope you have a great one. And if you're on your way home, let's get going anyways. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Hey, Amanda, let's talk about what it means to be a teacher. And let's talk about our own teaching and classroom philosophies, shall we? Well, yeah, because if you guys are just tuning into this episode, you might want to go back and listen to episodes one and two, because this is kind of a three-part introduction to our adventure into podcasting. We have named our podcast Brave New Teaching. And so we took the first three episodes to really break down what that means to us, what brave teaching looks like, what new teaching looks like. And then today is just really going to be about 
let's be honest, teacher life. What does it look like for us? Who are we, these two people coming through your speakers? And what is our experience in the classroom? What does that look like? And how are we connected? How are we different? And how can we really just build a community of teachers that are honest about the challenges and the joys of this crazy craft profession calling that we all share? Yes, absolutely. And we were talking about like, what do we think our teaching episode is going to be like? And we were really brainstorming this. We decided that we've started our podcast, like Amanda said, by talking about our the three parts of our title, brave, what it means to be brave, new, what it means to try new things. And then now teaching, we want to share a little bit about ourselves so that you know where we are coming from, you know, just kind of a little bit more of our background so that we can really, like she was saying, build that community and not necessarily tell you like, this is how we do it. So you should do it this way too. But more of like, here's what we've tried. Here's how it worked for us. And now we like to share ourselves in order to kind of like open up our arms and start a like productive and supportive community. So Amanda. Totally. Let me talk to you guys about mine. Uh, Marie and I have had both a lot of similar things happen in our careers and a lot of things very different happen in our careers. So we're hoping that between the two of us, we're going to find ways to connect to you guys as well. So for me, um, I am the person who always wanted to be a teacher. I remember in fifth grade, I had the most amazing teacher. Her name was Mrs. Kramer. And I remember that she gave us tickets when we did something good. And like we would save up tickets for a book raffle at the end of the day. Like, guys, I went to fifth grade. I was probably in fifth grade in like 1992 or something. I don't know. Math is hard. But I remember just like adoring her and how much she loved to be in her classroom. So from like kind of that point, I was like, all right, I'm going to just be Mrs. Kramer. Also, she did a classroom transformation that I'll never forget. She did a rainforest in our classroom when we were learning about that in science. And so those kind of things just made me want to be her. She gave us hugs. She was just warm. And I could see that she was shaping people's lives. And I just I wanted that to be how I spent my life. So sure enough, I went off to middle school, you know, puberty, the whole deal. It all happened to me too, guys. <laughs> and then uh, I went to high school and I was like, oh, ooh, like English. Like this is actually a little bit more interesting than what I think elementary school might be. And then I met another teacher in high school, uh, Mrs. Diane Tancredi, and she was just lights out like the most rock star person I ever met. She's actually the person who first made me cry. So what's crazy about this is I kind of walked into high school thinking I was good at everything, especially writing, because everyone always told me that I was such a great writer. And I was like, let's go, AP Lang. I'm ready. (laughs) And so I stepped in and I wrote my first AP paper and Tancredi gave it like a three. And I... I lost it. I was crying because I can't be bad at anything. And I remember she sat me down for a writing conference and she said, Amanda, you're just not that great yet. And I thought, oh my God, what kind of monster says that to her student? Everything I've ever known is a lie. (laughs) Right. Oh, it was such a dramatic high school teenager moment. And I obviously have not forgotten it. I am 33 years old, I think. And yeah, I still remember it. But what I remember the most about that conversation was the yet. And she said, what you're doing is exactly where you should be in your life. But where you're going 
needs to be better than this. And I'm going to push you and I'm going to help you. And I was like, Oh snap. Like you're my hero. And so I followed her. Like I followed her guidance and I learned how to be a better writer. And I mean, I didn't figure it all out my junior year of high school, but I definitely figured out that what I loved about high school was that really memorable relationship around around English. And that's, I think, what my next love was after, like, I loved fifth grade and I loved hugs. But I really thought, okay, English is my passion and teaching is my passion. And I really like the idea of those two things going together. And so I pursued that life. Um, I remember um, when I went to college, I mean, I was so committed. I was actually a Golden Apple Scholar, which is in, if you're in Chicago area, it's a scholarship that you get, you can receive if you are a student in Illinois. And I applied for it and I got it. And it was like, oh, dreams were coming true, people. And so college happens, la, la, la. I get my first teaching job, not too far from my parents' house because <laughs> who can afford to live <laughs> in any <laughs> any place other than their parents' house for the first at least two or three years of teaching. Um, So I lived at my parents' house and I commuted to the school where I taught. And I was just totally shocked at how much energy it took. And now I'm super shocked at how much energy I actually had to do what I did in the early years of my career. Uh, In the early years of my career, I was teaching at a school that was around, I'd say like 85% Latino. And then the rest of it was everyone was kind of just a mixed bag of students from all different places. Our school was really close to a very big mega church that um, was part of a refugee program. So a lot of families in our area were hosting kids from other areas of the world. So we had a huge ESL population. Lots of kids were transient, you know, moving in, moving out, speaking other languages. So it was a really interesting place to work. Um, In my college days, I had worked in the city in Chicago, uh, and I got a lot of experience there too. So it was great to be at a school that was really diverse and interesting um, as in terms of culture. So that was really cool. And um, I remember my biggest struggles from the early days of teaching were along the lines of feeling like I had to have it all figured out for every lesson plan. Every day had to be perfect. And I don't know if that sounds familiar to anybody. I mean, maybe that's why I cried when my teacher told me I wasn't perfect at writing. Um, But we have, I think collectively, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you can blast me on Instagram, but I feel like teachers have this connected experience of wanting to do things well and right the first time. And that's what we kind of ask from our students frequently. I mean, not necessarily the first time, but we are, you know, trying to help them be the best that they can be. And so I felt like my first few years of teaching were a really big struggle between the energy and creativeness that I had to try new things, but then also the like rocking disappointment of getting so many things so badly wrong, so badly wrong and having grace with myself and forgiving all those errors I have been there so new teachers who are around oh my gosh the stories I could tell you would take longer than your drive to work so I won't bore you with that um but I definitely I found my I found my stride uh teaching the level of students that's kind of um 
remedial in some ways, but, but bridging, right? So like I taught a lot of classes that were kids who were just exiting ESL and moving into regular English. I taught a lot of co-taught special ed classes with English three classes. I taught a lot of the first level of English for many of the different um, courses that we offered. And I really loved working with kids who struggled. That was really the place that I felt the most confident. Um, and then it took a long time though. So don't think that that was easy. Um, so after all of that kind of came down, I found a new stride in creative writing. I taught that for a really long time, worked at the Creative Writing Club and taught spoken word poetry. We competed in this really cool thing at Chicago called Louder Than a Bomb. So we were performing and exploring all around Chicago and performing our pieces with schools that were totally different from our own. And I loved that performance aspect of the job. Uh, and then after about 10 years at that school, things just got really difficult in my commute. I was commuting about 60 miles one way from my home. Well, cause you know, I wasn't still living at my parents' house. I kind of like met a guy and got knocked up. So, um, well we got married and then we had a baby, which is cool. I could, we could do it with whatever order we wanted, but that was the order that we went and it became really, really difficult to do that commute. And so I started looking for something closer to home. And so I took the risk. I was terrified to leave the place I was the most comfortable. And uh, two years ago, I left that school. And now I'm in my 12th year of teaching at a new school, which is like right on the border between Wisconsin and Illinois. So it is not 85% Latino. <laughs> if you know anything about geography in Illinois, um, we are a very rural community. And um, there are lots of families that are moving out of the city toward our area. So we are mixed, like suburban, rural, kind of a really interesting group of kids that we have here. And I've taken on AP classes all of a sudden. So I've gone from really two sides of the teaching spectrum. And I am just thrilled to be talking about all of that with you guys here and hearing your stories and seeing how we all connect to one another. Marie, I think that is enough about me. What about you, my friend? I cannot believe in how many ways our teaching stories overlap. Like just the... Seriously. Well, and just even like our lives. And this is a testament to like how we became such fast friends. Um... I, same sort of a thing, like, want it to be perfect all the time. The story that my parents tell of me in, like, oh, my gosh, preschool or kindergarten is that the reports that we get from teachers is, like, Marie, you know, she's pretty quiet. Believe it or not, I was actually pretty quiet, like, well-behaved. But the second she's done with something, her hand is in the air going, I'm done. What's next? <laughs> because I was always like, but what's next? What do I do next? I'm done. I've completed this task and it is perfect. Go ahead and give me my star. I'm ready to move on and everybody can know it. Um, and I'm still that way in a lot of ways. But so long, long story short, I am 36 years old. I am teaching and living in the community, very close to the community where I grew up. I'm teaching in the same district where I grew up at just one of the sister schools. My parents live a mile up the street from myself and my husband and our two children. Um, yeah, born and raised in San Diego. I always wanted to be a writer when I was little. Like, here's the weird thing with me. Like, I didn't know I was going to be a teacher. I knew I was going to work with kids and I knew when I was little, I always wanted to be a writer. I used to write these stories that were very, very derived by existing TV shows and Disney movies out there. But man, did I think that I was 
totally creative. And I used to write these stories about a kitten named Snowball that I'm allergic to cats. So like that never happened. But (laughs) Snowball was all of a sudden with seven, like the seven dwarves. And like they were going to go save Snow White together. Writing, writing, writing all the time. And um, as I got into middle and high school, that little piece of me didn't quite go away. Like I was always a skilled writer, but that creative writing piece didn't really happen a whole heck of a lot until like my senior year of high school. And that is the first time that I really, really remember completely enjoying my English class. Um, But like I said, I didn't sit there going, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an English teacher. I sat there going, wow, I love this. And I'm getting a lot of praise. So I must be really good at it. (laughs) And like, I didn't have a whole lot of like internal confidence other than when my teacher would say, wow, that was a really nice piece. I'd be like, right. Thank you so much. Um, So I was always looking for that like validation, uh, which I think is something that a lot of people out there can, especially when you go into teaching, like that validation of like, I'm doing things well is a part of many any of us. Um, so we're not alone. I went to San Diego State. I did not go very far from my house. Um, and I actually lost a lot of pieces of myself in a lot of ways where I had always been a really good student. I had always just been good at school, so I didn't have to push that hard. Like, like you were saying, you were taking advanced courses. I didn't take any advanced courses because I wanted to be able to do all the things. Like I wanted to be in the drama program. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be a competitive cheerleader. So I did all of those things. And then I took the basic like college prep courses that I was good at and I didn't have to try that hard. And I learned the things and I got to jump through all of the educational hoops and graduate with a pretty darn good GPA and move on to a pretty darn good school. And then I got to um, college and social life just like annihilated me. Like I didn't know how to handle myself. I didn't know how to be myself and be self-assured and like, It was really, really, really hard. (laughs) I moved around a ton of times in like different departments at San Diego State. I changed my major a whole slew of times. Never, ever did I think that teaching was going to be the thing that I would do until like when do you graduate in in, uh, college, like May, right? So it was like February of my senior year. And I was a French major with a theater minor. And I remember I was living with my parents because, well, it's San Diego and who can afford anything? Um, And I walked out into the living room one morning and I was like, I know what I'm going to do after I graduate. And my parents like put down their respective reading materials and were like, pray tell what? I said, I'm going to be a teacher. And they were like, oh, like a, like a French teacher? Or I had always really loved working with elementary kids, like an elementary teacher. And I was like, no, high school. And they were like, oh, French? Because that was my major. No, I'm going to teach English. And they went, huh? <laughs> because I had opted not to take any lit courses or anything outside of the re- like the required cl- courses having to do with reading and writing in um, college. And I was like, no, I just really love reading books, which is true. I've always loved reading books and I've always loved talking about stuff. I'm a good talker, as we know. And that's what I decided I wanted to do. So I like that day filled out the entire application for the teaching credential program at SDSU and like made contact with my um, high school teachers and did like 40 hours of observation in I can't tell you how long, but it was like down to the wire. I turned in my application like right when it was due and they were like, wait a minute, the date on this says you just started. And I was like, yes, you are correct. I got that done as fast as I could. And then like went straight into the teaching credential program and found how much I really do love working with high schoolers and like listening to the weird things that they have to say and hearing about how their lives really are like 
all the things in a teenager's life are real and big and true and all of the drama is so real to them and I find that so like it's my bread and butter like it's where I'm supposed to be and um teaching I let teaching like take over my entire life like I just when I was a brand new teacher I was living actually in an apartment which I really had no business affording but I was like I'm a big girl and I'm 22 years old and I'm gonna live in an apartment um and I spent like half the weekends at my parents house because are we kidding laundry um but I did a lot of the things you were talking about. Like, I was like, I'm great at this. I can do all these things. And I look back now and I'm like, the energy it took to be planning every single night for the next day. And then the piles of grading, because I wasn't like, I wasn't weaving cohesive units together. I was doing individual activities that then were all of these, like, kids were doing a lot of stuff. And they were learning some things, but they were like doing a lot and not getting a whole lot out of it other than like fun activities. And I was running myself ragged. Like, yeah. So I kind of had an epiphany one day, fell into teaching in that way, realized how much I love it, how much I love working with kids. But like I was always I had that really bad um, imposter syndrome where because I hadn't taken like any lit courses past gosh, like junior year of high school, I had taken like very basic English courses and like reading and writing courses in college. I felt like I was a fraud and I like didn't have a place there because I didn't know any of the, like I hadn't read Great Expectations. I had never read Brave New World, like our namesake. I never, I've never taught it. I like fake read it in high school. (laughs) And all of these quote unquote classics that my colleagues were able to reference and have these like long conversations. I stopped going to lunch with our department because I was like, I am so out of place and they're going to find me out. Like, I don't belong here. I had a lot of like crises of uh, identity, um, but I still loved working with kids. So it took me a while to find my groove and like figure out that I'm a good reader. I'm a good writer and I'm good at explaining things to other people. And that is my like superpower is the connection with students and the connection and like building a classroom culture and community. And I'm really good at telling kids that I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Like, I think that's where the connection comes with. It took me probably, gosh, close to 10 years of my career to be able to be comfortable with that actually being what I'm good at is not knowing what I'm doing. That doesn't make any sense. But I feel like our listeners will, some of you at least will kind of know what you're like, I'm this feeling of being so scared of being found out. And then when I finally just leaned into the fact that, like, I'm never going to be really good at the deep, like, AP lit and laying kind of stuff, but I am going to be really, really good at connecting with a broader audience of kids who just don't want to read or just don't think that they're good writers. That's where, like, my superpowers come in. So, like, my teaching career... I've glossed over quite a bit, actually. I haven't always been an English teacher. I ran a theater department at my school for a while. Loved it. It sucked me dry. When I became a mom is when I really figured out these things that I'm talking about where, like, my my good teacherness <laughs> comes in the connections that I can make with students and the connections that I um, help them foster between each other and between content, like bringing in pop culture and bringing in things that they understand and saying things in a way that like makes them feel like they're a part of it. That's what makes me effective in my classroom, I think. And then that's what makes me love it. And it took me becoming a mom to like see that and be able to accept that as good 
and not be like a literary professor. And like, cause that's what I thought I needed to be. So I never felt like I fit in. Yeah. That's like my long and short of it. And so here we are. Well, you know, and like, there's a lot more to be said too. And, and the way that Marie and I met actually is through um, the most amazing, gifted, talented woman on the planet, uh, Miss Ashley Bible. Um, Ashley Bible hosts the Keeping the Wonder Workshop, and she is just so talented and gifted at bringing teachers together for professional development. And Marie and I were both asked to present at a workshop in lexington kentucky last summer so summer of 2019 and that's where we met in our mutual love of keeping the wonder in the classroom and keeping kids engaged and helping kids find that magic that we love so much as english teachers and so here we are looking to connect with you guys and build a community moving into the future of educators that want to find their people. We want to help you be a better teacher. We want to help you feel heard, um, be seen, and just provide a place for a community to really thrive and and a place to be honest. We've talked about it in our first couple episodes. um, And just as I'll kind of start, Marie, but I know for the future for me, might not be in the classroom forever. And I feel like that's a very taboo thing to admit, is that I might not teach for 35 years. Like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. that's not why I don't want to keep teaching forever. But, like, n- n- now that I'm in my 30s, like, I'm a different person than I was in my 20s. Totally. And my life is significantly <laughs> different, right, than it was when I first started. And one of the things that I'm discovering about myself in my later years, so this is my 12th year of teaching, And what I'm actually discovering is that that love that I had for teaching kids in the beginning has kind of morphed into a new love for teaching teachers. Like I really love connecting with and working with other teachers and helping them feel more confident in their classrooms. And so it's, it's, it's weird to say that out loud because it feels like I'm also admitting I don't care about my kids, which is not true. I care about my students so much, but I see this really interesting new way of approaching education from the perspective of an adult who helps other adults. And I think my future looks more like something in the terms of writing a book and having more of a professional development career um, and, and just figuring out how I can make teachers a feel more confident about themselves and B feel okay with exactly who they are, where they are in their life and just to be real. And I think that that's really new. And I also didn't realize that teaching was going to be tough for my personality because I don't really like, being stuck in one place for very long (laughs) and like teaching literally means in first period you're in this place in second period you're in this place in third period you're in this place and you can't really do anything else than be in the places you're supposed to be and so my adventurous soul and spirit like thank you very much for summers off but like sometimes (laughs) i want to escape to iceland in november you know like so i kind of am looking for something that's a little bit more mobile or remote, but still very connected into teaching down the road. That's just the future. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Like, I used to think actually that that's where I was headed. um, Because I'm in year 13. um, And it I've tried leaving twice. I've tried leaving the teaching, like leaving the classroom, not leaving education two different times. And both times I got sucked back in because my 
like where I thrive really is with kids. But that said, like to your point of wanting to affect teachers, I think that then that's you making your mark on an infinite number of students, right? If like you can help and affect teachers, that's the one at the head of a classroom of how many, right? And so that outreach then becomes so much bigger. So like where you're afraid to say or or just kind of like nervous to say or it's weird to say out loud because it does feel taboo because we are <sighs> teaching is such an interesting and bizarre and wonderful and draining and beautiful and awful all at the same time kind of like world where we're super judgy. Like we are super judgy of each other. We are super mm. hard on ourselves and it is just part of it and it's something to accept but it's also something to like not necessarily accept but just be aware of so when you're saying like you almost didn't want to say that you want to be out of the classroom or you see yourself out of the classroom because that might mean that you don't love your own students I don't think it's that at all I think it's much more that like you know how effective you are with your students and I know how effective you are with your students and look at how much how and look at how many more students you can affect by building up their teachers Right. Like like what a big impact. I sure hope so. I think I think it's <laughs> going to sure be amazing. So. And it's funny. That's what I used to think, like I, even up until a couple years ago, like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, do PD. I'm going to go on speaking things. And that might still like be somewhere on, down the road for me, maybe just in summers. But I don't want to leave the, the classroom for an extended period of time simply because I think I better serve the teaching community and the education world by sharing what I'm doing. Like I'm the, I'm the person who, because I do love like connecting with kids and just trying new things and doing that sort of thing in the classroom, my best way to share or to like affect the larger community is to just be like, here's what's going on. <laughs> just like open it all up and stay rooted to what I know and what I know I'm good at. I think that, I think that's critical. And I, and you know, Marie and I, the reason that we're here is to, like we said earlier, build community. So with all this said, with our stories told, uh, I really hope that we found a way to connect with you guys. And we'd love to hear more about your stories. Don't forget to check out our show notes uh, below. And you can find all the different ways that you can connect with us and share what's going on in your teaching lives and your teaching careers. Absolutely. Like, it, teaching is such a people-y job that when all of our focus is only on our students, those are the only people that we're focusing in on, I think we lose um, – it's a shame because we lose a lot of, like, the beauty that is teaching. And I've become such a better teacher and such a more connected, just, like, individual uh, when I found these very supportive communities of educators from all over the planet. And it's just a great way to, like – build up that support and community and just feel better and make it just makes everything better you know we want to say thank you so much to all of you for tuning in please share this podcast and if you can take a moment and give us a rating and maybe even a little review on itunes that will help other teachers just like yourself find us and be part of this wonderful community we are building cannot express how much we appreciate each and every one of you and we cannot wait to connect more and with that that is the end of our show. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.